slow. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome into Commissioner's Corner Week 12. This is your host, Kamish Khan, and joining me this week, we have the one, the only, KG, the big ticket, Kyle George, and of course, our man from the islands, John Fishback, joining us all the way from Oahu. Did I get that right? It is. That is correct. Aloha. Aloha. Mahalo. Great to have you both on the pod today. Excited to talk about the Lug and especially the playoff race that is in serious heat right now but before we get started john before the podcast you were just sharing with us you're taking a trip here soon to louisiana and are potentially going to saints first falcons which is funny because the falcons are kyle's favorite team um he claims to be from georgia we haven't seen the birth certificate uh dinwiddie something (laughs) like that no one knows if it's true i think he just thinks the braves are good at baseball and took that claim i wanted to know first and foremost if you two are interested on in making some sort of wager on the Saints versus Falcons game, ooh, I would make a wager. Um, I, we we should do it now. Too. Wagers? Like, like it's a bet between John and I, or can we make a wager together? Or are you implying that it needs to be like? Well, I'm implying that it has to be between you two. Yes, okay. absolutely. And Kyle, you have to pick the Falcons, even though uh, Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. Um, so <laughs> that's that's what I'm implying. I was just. Wondering if you both would like to engage in discussion around a wager there. Uh, people are talking maybe one of you joins Tyler in the beer mile. I thought that was uh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's up to you two. Would would that tickle your fancy by any means? Is this the week 16 game, John, you said? Yeah, the very last game, I the believe, week of the regular 17. season. Okay. Um, I would do, Kyle, I would wager – uh one lap with tyler i love that one and a beer and a beer a beer a beer and a lap no i don't want to do this you can call me soft you can call me whatever you want but the falcons are not good at football and i'm not gonna run the the saints your whole division sucks kyle come on let the nuts drop and put this put a a wager on this this is a pure moment that wait wait High school, I for sure would have fallen into, but I feel like I... <laughs> Kyle, think about this. John would have to fly back to run one lap with Tyler. Think about <laughs> that. Think about how uh, good I'll that be would there. be for the loop. I'll be there for the beer mile. I'll oh, be really? There. Okay, I like that. Uh, as long as it's after Jan 1, I'll be there. I'm I'm sure... Do I have to, do I have to run it in a certain time? Uh, no. Not even, just but one. I would expect you to keep... Oh, you just have to Tyler. chug a beer and run a lap? Yes. Yeah, you just oh, the that's first fine. lap with Tyler. It's it's that's literally fine. one beer in the first lap with Tyler. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that? yeah, that's fine because you're so no one's gonna yell at me if I just like chug a beer and jog a lap. Like that's all I have to do. Like no yes, one's gonna. That's all. That's no. Okay, cool. It's a very very lackluster bet in terms of like there's there's no expectation around your lap. It's okay. you can that's run just with Tyler. Easy. You can run behind him. Whatever you want to do. All right. Okay, so we Lock have an agreement. In, Connor. It sounds like. Lock it in. Okay. John versus Kyle, week 17, Falcon Saints. 
uh, whichever team John's taking the Saints, Kyle obviously taking the Falcons, whoever loses will chug the first beer with Tyler as well as run that first lap with Tyler, and then they will be uh, they've paid off their debts at that point. That's actually like I'm actually kind of happy about that because with the season Tyler's had this year, like he kind I think he just needs a buddy with him for that first lap, you know? like someone to help get him so going. For mental I'm happy to do that if the Falcons lose. Like I'll, I'll take good pride in that. Nice. It is. Falcon it is pride. somewhat of. It is somewhat of an advantage for Tyler to have uh, someone running with him for at least a lap. That being said, he's already the record non-throw-up record holder of the uh, beer mile, so I'm excited to see what he can do um, in his second attempt. And because we're already talking about him, I'm going to mix up the order of the pod a little bit. Let's talk about Tyler's season, then I'll go through some of our other topics. Um, to me, obviously, we heard the pod last week with Paul and Derek, and and the opinions are well known, but. For both of you, I'm curious, is this either the worst season you've seen by an owner or the most unlucky season you've seen by an owner? I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on how Tyler's nine-game losing streak kind of impacted you seeing that as a witness to to that anomaly. Uh, John, let's start with you. Okay, I think it's uh, the lamest, obviously, beer mile race ever. That is arguably more fun to follow every year than the actual champion. And so there's just that um, that little bit of oomph at the end of the season that's missing this year in the Lug. Uh, Tyler's already run it also. We know he's going to kill it. So I don't know. I'm praying next year. You know how we have, like, what, all of us in the playoff race? I'm hoping next year it's the same but for the beer mile. That's yeah, all I got to say. I, that's a really good point is it has been, I mean, as the the one team that honestly deserves to be the beer mile this year, I was very happy to see the nine game losing streak. Um, but at <laughs> the same time, I couldn't agree more that it definitely loses a little portion of the excitement for the Luke as to who's going to run it. Like last year with Derek Paul and Randall was one, I, I was actually more excited about that. Well, until I won the trophy, obviously. Um, but I was more excited watching that than I was about the playoff race. Kyle, what what are your thoughts on Tyler's season this year? Uh, I agree with John. It's definitely like, even though I'm not always a part of it, but when you are a part of it, like the last two seasons, I definitely had a little bit of a scare. We're like coming down the last few weeks. Was so that like, John? Was that just a little cocky by Kyle there? saying he's uh, it was. I think I think we can all agree that <laughs> some seasons we're in it some seasons we're not in it and the last two seasons I was kind of in it getting down to the last week and it's really fucking scary and nerve-wracking and so I agree with John that it's it's sad that that's not happening this year I'm really glad I'm not a part of it because I don't want to run the beer mile um, yeah do you guys original question I think like obviously there's Tyler's been super unlucky this year and like that's the kind of the crux of it. If you look at just his points for like, he's kind of been, you know, mid tier, if not even like upper half of the league and his points against is significantly higher than everybody else's. So kind of a bummer for him. Honestly, there's always one person I feel like every year that goes through this. I just don't think it's been to this extent before. Um, yeah. Obviously it hasn't been to this extent before. So just a huge bummer for him. <laughs> I will say, in looking back at it, I think, and no offense to myself or John, because we both lost and run it, uh, I think this is the least deserving beer mile owner we've had to this. You threw up, though, punishment. Do you remember it, that? 
I do remember that, but I also ran it in eight minutes, 30 seconds, which is very impressive. Um, but you but, threw up all the beers, so. No, 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 no it was just the foam. Just to be clear, it was just the foam. I, I stomached the beer and I was an absolute tank. Um, that well, being that, said. I think that's an unpopular. Is that the only beer mile we never got a video release of? And I is No, there Tyler like... sent a video. There's a was video. There? There's a video. We should, we should bring that back up just in case, because I'm not entirely sure that's true. And I think you might be deflecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so here's the thing. We're going into Thanksgiving tomorrow. Today is Wednesday. So let's talk Turkey Bowl, because um, we've obviously okay. wrapped up the last topic. So <laughs> let's go hey, into... Wait, last thing, Connor. If someone has that video stored somewhere and you're listening to this pod, can you please send it in the group chat? I, please. I'm pretty sure that's been wiped from me. We pull it from the archives, and then we can validate whether or not it was indeed just foam or not. It was just foam. I mean, guys, come on. Let's be let's be realistic here. I we'll absolutely see. dominated. Yeah, I mean, there's a video. We'll see. I called Tyler the non-throw-up champion. What else do you want from me? Well, I think I think the rest of the loop would just like to hear beer mile champion. The non-throw-up beer mile champion. I agree completely. No, And like I was saying, so the Turkey Bowl is underway tonight and tomorrow. We're going to start tonight with the bowling competition with the dads. And I was hoping to get a quick prediction from you two on who you think will win. Kyle will be competing uh, this year. John, unfortunately, first year, he's not going to be able to compete in either due to his recent move out to Hawaii. Um, Kyle, let's start with you. Who are you looking at to win the bowling competition tonight? Individual score. Highest yes. individual score. There could be some twists and turns, but for this question. If I recall from last year, and Connor, you can hold me accountable. John, I don't remember if you were there last year. Were you there? He was there. Yeah, I was. I, think I wish I made more of an impact or like an imprint on your memory, but I was yeah, like, it's it's sad well, that Kyle doesn't remember. It's unfortunate. It was also know, four whiskeys deep. So I was going to say, there's a lot of beer <laughs> that's involved usually at that. So that's uh, fine. Sorry if I don't have the pristine memory, but I think like Tyler is typically one of the better bowlers. I think Jack had a showing last year where he performed pretty well. By the uh, way, I was with Jack last night, and he promised 180. I don't believe that for a second. 180. That's definitely wow. a really good score. If if someone puts up a 180, I think that's going to be the best score. I think that's a lock for the best score out of everybody. But I'm either going to go with, you know what my you know what my dark horse is. I'm going to go Schlotty. Oh, good He's call. Good at everything. Yeah, well, that's pretty true. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he just like went out and bowled like like Connor said, like a 180 casually and just like was very humble about it. And, and just didn't care really, and like just yeah. dominated us like always. Yeah, that that sounds about right. John, who do you got as your uh, turkey bowl champion? You know, and I you know what? Tyler... You can pick anyone in the loop, even if they're not coming. Who would you okay. think would be the champion out of the loop? Well, I'm gonna pick someone who is coming. Um, <laughs> pause. Tyler Bagasas. But <laughs> 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 resume. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pick uh tyler bagnesauce i think he's uh you know he has all this pent-up competitive uh like anger in him and i think he's just gonna take it out on those pins and you guys because it's the only competition with you guys that he can win this year so i think tyler <laughs> has a little extra motivation behind each bowl tomorrow night that is true so i i tyler. feel like he's I, I feel like he's gonna be the most determined just to show that you know out of the loop, he does serve some sort of worth because obviously his team does not. 
Uh, I am also curious what you predict for tomorrow's matchup um, in Turkey Bowl football, specifically between Jack McDonald and Tom Gilkey. Uh, you both know Ooh. both parties, and I think most of the league does. Those two have a historic rivalry ever since Randall Tainer retired from the Turkey Bowl. And I'm curious who you think will get the better of that matchup. Last year, famously, I think Jack held Tom to one catch. I don't know if Jack had a catch himself, but he really prides himself on the defensive end. So uh, I, I'm curious, John, let's start with you. Who you think between Tom and Jack will get the better of each other during Turkey Bowl football tomorrow morning? I am going to take the under on Tom's catches. I think Jack is going to Okay, let's set his catches at 2.5. I think Tom's not going to catch a single ball. Wow, you're calling Whoa. zero. I think if, if you put Jack, if you put Tom on Jack Island, I think Tom comes away with zero catches uh, on the day. Incredible. He's calling for a jack off. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? <laughs> well, I do recall last year and I was a bit surprised because usually Tom is like kind of one of the, the more scrappy players. He's a guy that you just don't really want to run into across the middle. You know, he's got that big center of gravity build. Not a yeah. guy I'm trying to mess with. But... He's got a dump truck. We all know it. Yeah, but Jack, I think I was, I can't remember who was on my team, but I do recall Jack really getting the better of Tom, and I was surprised that Tom didn't, like, light a fire under his ass and be okay, I actually need to, like, try and get a couple catches. So I have to, I'm with John on this, I have to ride with Jack getting the better of him again because I'm not sure what kind of Tom we're going to see. Is he over the hill? I mean, I know he's the only one in his 30s of the group, I believe. So you could argue that once you turn 30, you're no longer capable of putting up respectable yardage in the turkey bowl. But one thing I will take the over on is Jack interceptions. Yes, uh, he's he's obviously the most turnover-prone quarterback we've seen. He follows the suit of his father, Gordon McDonald, who's known for throwing at least three interceptions anytime he's played in the turkey bowl. So totally agreed there. I do, I got to say, I'm, I'm taking Team Gilkey here. I think it's going to be a year of redemption. I think Tom's been training for this. I don't think last year has escaped his mind. I think it's been a 365 of just Jack on the wall while he's squatting, absolutely Not getting ready to dominate. Yes, exactly. Um, Billy Madison. I'd say I take the over on two and a half catches though. Like I still think Jack can get the better of Tom with Tom getting more than two catches. Cause like, what if he just gets like two screen, two screens, you know, that's like the, the thing, that doesn't really count, in my opinion, if he gets no yards. Yeah, that's a coward's way out. If if Tom hears this and goes that route, then uh, I still I think would, that's a big-time win for Jack. I can guarantee you Tom will not be running screen passes. Him and Jack, are <laughs> the, the rivalry's too deep for that. There's It's touchdowns or bust. Uh, I am curious to see Jack on the offensive side. Usually he basically is a zero there because he's so focused on playing DB. Uh, so maybe maybe we do see a little more effort uh, out of Jack the receiver. Hopefully a lot better than eighth grade when he had one catch for one touchdown through 12 games. Um, but otherwise, I am also wanting to know, John, without you there being our second best player or first best player, depending on who you ask, will Slotty <laughs> just run train over all of us now that you can't defend him? Um. Shalati and I were on the same team last year. I don't know how were that you? happened. Yeah. I thought we had to switch you guys because you scored too much. <laughs> I don't really remember, but um, I don't know. Last year was a battle, dude. Know. 
Yeah, last year was super fun. That was maybe my favorite one so far. But all I remember uh, is Kevin. Oh, Hurley dude, actually, let me show you guys down. this. Kevin Hurley literally was lost us the. We had like a two touchdown lead. It was a race to seven TDs, I believe, because I remember this. Connor, I think you were on my team. Uh, no, I was refereeing, and oh, I hope to do great. that again this year. You got to play this year. No, I I like refereeing. But yes, Kevin dropped a wide open touchdown for us to win. <laughs> guys, <laughs> let me show you like, something really quick. Oh, okay, John's you've got naked. a six pack. Very cool, John. I have my game worn jersey from last year that I'm putting on. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. John, you should make it a crop top. It well, check it out. It kind of is. Oh yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> torn up at the bottom. We can see full midriff, the bottom two abs. That's a that's a sexy shirt out of John Fishback. And hey, even Connor, sexier because you won. Uh last thing about the turkey bowl I want to bring up, which is one of my favorite things every year, is who is introducing their new serious girlfriend i think oh, it's, it's gotta, uh, i mean the odds are 1000 percent on Derek sanger right i hope so you know because that's almost as uh significant as proposing it seems like when you bring yes. your girl around to the turkey bowl that is a big step in a relationship so i'm excited to hear from you guys um who's made that that step in their life that lead yeah and we will definitely keep the Luke updated. We got the hard launch from Derek at the uh, McDonster Mash on Halloween this year with nice. Sienna. Obviously, we all know Sienna and are super stoked for Derek, but we actually got to meet her at the McDonster Mash. So I'm really hoping um, the year of uh, the year of descent continues here, and he he brings her to the Turkey Bowl for, like you said, that significant next step. I hope so. Maybe maybe we'll finally get to meet Chloe. I mean, I, I Kyle's been talking about this girl for a long time. Doesn't seem like they're ready for that next step, but maybe this is the year. I've heard she goes to another school, Connor. Yeah, right. It, it's <laughs> that exact situation where, like, none of us have met her. None of us have gotten to save the date. It's a whole weird thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next subject here. John, going back to 2019. Ooh. Wait, we can we do jokes? This pod, what? Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, I'm yeah, so no, it's Keep always going. great when you interrupt the lead-in. And I'm so sorry. here we go. <laughs> going back to 2019, John Fishback was obviously notorious for the jokes he brought to the podcast in its initial year, and he's apparently prepared some for us today. So, John, we would love to hear what you've got lined up. <clears throat> All right. Settle in, boys. Uh, I just wrote up a little, a couple numbers here. Since no one can book. see, he's literally got a notebook with like half a page written down. So, uh, Connor, Kyle, everyone knows that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, right? Yes. Well, less known, I actually invented the light bulb up my ass. <laughs> Is, okay, let's go to the second one. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right, Kyle, get this. <laughs> Have you heard the news? Have you heard the news? For the third consecutive year, Delta Airlines ranks first in customer satisfaction. Okay, pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that okay. is, that's really impressive. I would have thought Alaska. Yeah, hey, what do you know? Probably second. Um, coming in last for customer satisfaction, 9-11 Airlines. <laughs> God damn it. Could you look these name. write these? What a terrible name. It reminds me of that tragedy. 
did you write these? Um. All right. Uh, speaking of net, speaking of Netflix, since one of you brought it up. Oh no. Um, one of the most popular documentaries on Netflix, Connor. Jiro dreams of sushi. Connor, be very Cal, careful. Have you guys seen that? I've not seen that. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, one of the least popular documentaries on Netflix, Jiro Nightmares of Being Tyler Bagenstoss. <laughs> that, that's my favorite one, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Nice. <laughs> Good job. Well thank done. you, thank you. Well done. Those are fantastic. John, I do need to know, did you write the first two? I know uh, you wrote the last one. You know... A tradesman never reveals his secrets. Something like <laughs> very that. fair. The shock value will not be lost on the Lug. I don't think Paul probably has already heard those, but the rest of us, I think those are <laughs> those are going to be absolute hits. Uh, <laughs> wow. And so that's it. John's jokes coming back from 2019. Uh, can't wait for the playoff pod where, where we get some more of those. And you quick question wait. before I'll... we move on. John, yeah. have you had a little too much time on your hands because those seemed seemed like something you've been working on for quite a bit? Uh, you know, it takes a lot of fine tuning to master a craft, Connor, and uh, of course that takes time and dedication. So you got to sacrifice fun sometimes to uh, become great. And you have certainly That's become great, my friend. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you. Speaking of greatness, let's move on to our next subject here, and that is Tom Brady, the goat. Uh, in most people's eyes, especially at the quarterback position. Tom Brady just had an interview here recently, and I think we've all at least seen the Instagram clip where he was talking about the NFL uh, lacking excellence compared to when he played himself. And I'm hoping to get your guys' opinion there on if that's vanity out of our goat or if it's actually the truth based on the play we're seeing this year. And Kyle, I want to start with you on this one. What have you noticed about the NFL? Do you agree with Tom Brady, or do you think he's sounds like a retired guy that wants to be a back in my day quarterback? Uh, I don't like when I heard the clip for the first time. I kind of, I kind of like felt like it was what you the latter of what you said, where it was like kind of just like talking about his era and how it was better, right. You know, There's like the golden the era, golden right. NBA players do. Yeah, but then like I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I tend to kind of agree with him i think like I'm, i almost think what he's getting at i think it's a combination of things it's a combination of the i guess like the severe like there's less severe hits going on because they protect all the players right so and he almost seemed like he was taking jabs at that where it's like it's not nearly as scary it's it's almost the same as the nba right where they're like oh jordan's era was way more physical therefore right. our era was better type thing so it's hard to disagree with him on that because obviously that does play a big impact. It makes it just the truth. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a quarterback and you don't have to worry about getting crushed all the time, or if you're a receiver going across the middle, and don't have to worry about getting hit. Obviously that's an advantage in football. I would say more so than basketball, but two, I think he was also talking about the quarterback play. Like I agree with him, but I think it's, it's top heavy, right? I think the elite tier quarterbacks are better than the, than the Tom Brady era. But I think there's a lot of bottom tier quarterbacks that are that are horrendous, and yeah. so it's it's hard. I, I think there's like a middle ground in what he's saying. So I don't really agree with him or disagree with him. But I don't know. Like I just said, they're like Desmond Ritter, Zach Wilson. Like there's all these quarterbacks that are just thank you for saying really, really, really bad. And 
I didn't, but then there's like Mahomes, Josh Allen. Well, I guess maybe not Josh Allen this year, but you know what I mean? Like the bros, like those guys are all like top tier and I would argue are more impactful than maybe the Tom Brady, maybe Tom Brady was because like, you know, Tom Brady was just very good at running an offense. Obviously he's the go to football, no disrespect or anything like that, but there are quarterbacks that can do far more talented things yeah. than Tom Brady can't or could do back in his day. So I don't know how you guys felt about it. I kind of feel like there's, I think he was just kind of, being a little dramatic about the whole situation, but I think he had some validity to his points. Yeah. I I like what you're saying there. I I think that's a really good point. And just for the rest of the league, if you haven't seen the clip um, to Kyle's initial point there, he was talking about Tom Brady was talking about how, you know, when they played Ray Lewis or uh, on his own team, Rodney Harrison, you couldn't throw over the middle because it was a point where he didn't want to get his receivers hurt. Now the rules prevent his receivers getting hurt. So he's almost calling the position a little easier. Um, at the same time, I, I completely agree, Kyle. I think the top end talent is far more impressive to me than what we saw. You know, you're thinking Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, 90 yard touchdown. Um, and a lot of those guys, Drew Brees, where they were very impressive, but at the same time, I don't think they're even – even Tom Brady is not comparable to Patrick Mahomes to me. Like Patrick Mahomes' yeah. singular talent is so much more impressive to me than Brady's winning. Um, not that that matters in the, the, you know, the archives of football because seven Super Bowls are seven Super Bowls. John, I'm curious what you think here. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with both of you guys and Kyle's points. I think one of my other takeaways from that is that it seemed like without – uh, wanting to say it, he kind of alluded to the fact that teams are investing more heavily on just pure athleticism. So yeah. less of the nuances are being highlighted or even showcased in the game today. Good route runners, knowing where to, um, as far as receivers are concerned, knowing where to kind of sit in defenses so you don't get injured, uh, game yeah. planning against uh, defenses where you know you can't go because of that uh, the risk of getting hurt it just takes away a lot of that and I I kind of agree with him that I would love to see I mean we would all love to see people getting hit you know that's one of the one of our one of our favorite segments ever right is the old NFL live what was it called it was not lit up but it was something similar oh yeah Uh, yeah but basically, it was showing when guys were getting CTE uh, week in and week out. So yeah. it it was so fun to watch, but also can understand that maybe that's not as humane as yeah. we once understood it. I mean, it's it's comparable to me to like the Buster Posey rule in baseball. That's yeah, it's kind of been com- coming to know. It's just that he's so talented, but doesn't uh, like he doesn't have that side of catchers that existed for the previous one hundred years it was essential for them to have to be the enforcer on the field, tough guy. Yeah. And obviously I voiced that. I hate that, that they took that out. It was one of the most exciting plays in sports as a guy running down the third baseline. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get what Tom's saying there. I think that's comparable and I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe Tom will make an influence on kind of reverting a few of the changes. Who knows? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that because like, when you make the reference to baseball, it's like there are so many catchers that had such long careers because of the fact that they were able to be that enforcer, like Yachty Molina, not like necessarily your greatest hitter of all time, but from a catcher perspective, like there's really no one better. 
And it's like you could make that same argument in football where it's like Tom made the comment about how obviously not throwing across the middle against certain teams, but he made the comment about like knowing how to protect yourself on the field where he's like, as yeah. the quarterback, like you have to know like when you need to get rid of it or like how to take a hit kind of thing where guys don't have to worry about that as much. And I've, I've heard Joe Burrow make a comment before. Like, I think he was getting interviewed and asked about like injuries and things like that. And when you talk to these NFL players, it's like, they know what they're signing themselves up for by playing the sport. And so right. I agree, like, you can try and make it a little bit safer here and there. But some of the calls that you see nowadays, like, there was one just the other night in the Monday night game on the homes, I believe, where it was it was a pretty clean hit on the homes and then that flag, and it, it was on one of the final He literally drives. got pushed. Like, yeah. he got pushed as he released the ball, and they called a roughing the passer. That I, yeah. I think I texted Belug about that one. That one yeah, you did. And that's I did not agree with that at all. So it's, I, they're definitely going a little overboard with – like, obviously, we all agree player safety should be considered, but at the same time, it's football. And, like, it's, like there's a line where, like, you're playing a sport and you kind of just have to deal with the consequences of playing that sport. Like, you're never going to be able yeah. to prevent certain injuries from happening. And so I kind of agree with Tom on that one. I'm not saying that I want guys to get CT or anything like that, but I think, like, learning how to protect yourself is one of the skills you need to have to play at that level. Yeah. And so coming sure. away from those comments, it sounds like Kyle wants people to have CTE. Um, John <laughs> wants people to get lit up over the middle. It, it's pretty clear that you guys do not value player safety. But uh, hey, no, Connor, I'm tell totally me, joking. <laughs> totally tell joking. Tell me, AB wasn't the most entertaining part of uh, the 2020 season. No, he absolutely was. Maybe not for the right reasons, but man, I couldn't wait Definitely to see not. what he did week in, week out, day in, day out. Actually, <laughs> let me correct myself. Uh, one, one before the podcast, I thought you were going to talk about this um, during this segment, but. Uh, John made the comparison to baseball and we kind of went to the basketball reference. I'm surprised you didn't go back to that because like we all know if LeBron played in Jordan's era, like he wouldn't have been nearly as good. Just he couldn't that is okay. That's your so I'm surprised you're shooting away from LeBron James would have been even better playing in that era because he's just stronger, faster, more athletic than anyone we've ever seen play the sport of basketball. Dude, LeBron is such a baby. Oh, yeah. Is he, John? Yes. It, you, you know think... what? He's in year 21. He's 39. He's averaging 25, 6, and 7. So I don't I'm know. aware. He's he's a perfect fit for today's NBA. He was a perfect fit for 2003's NBA. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. when they scored fucking 80 points because the rules allowed you to punch guys as they went up for lands. Hey, you know what? Hey, look, you guys, you guys, aren't, you guys aren't basketball me. fans. I get that. You're casuals. We we understand that. So let's stick to football here. Um, no one wants. I to do agree that he's the best the player ever. Court. I agree. No, with you. no, you don't. You can't say what yeah, you said and then agree. Uh, I'm sure you guys loved watching Michael Jordan in the '90s when you were fucking four years old. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on here. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Tom Brady's comments, I do agree with the fact. One of his other big points was player development in the NFL especially at the quarterback position, but kind of throughout the teams has not been as prevalent. I think a guy like Caleb Williams is a perfect example where he, teams are going for the Patrick Mahomes type. Like Patrick Mahomes, I think, might be our pivotal turning point in the NFL here where you've got a guy that's just supremely talented, more better than anyone we've seen in a long time. And now each team is trying to find that. Whereas in the past, I, again, I bring up Tom Brady, Philip Rivers. Like uh, system QBs? 
system QBs, but they developed like they were they were good at what they did and they knew the ins and outs of what every defense was going to do. Now it's kind of like, how good are you at running around and making a play? And I think that your two comparisons here are like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray is good at that, but he's not good enough at that to make your team good. Whereas Patrick Mahomes is so good at it that, you know, he's, he's pretty much unstoppable. So I do think, there was a lot of good points in, in TB12's interview there. I think he also sounds a little bitter that he can't play anymore. Uh, I think he'd love to be playing <laughs> right now. Uh, but yeah. that being said, let's move on. We're already uh, already long-winded on that one. My fault. I want to talk to you that guys good. now about topics point. here, uh, especially starting off here, the fab value. So free agent budget. I want to know kind of how you guys think, and this doesn't have to be a, a huge discussion, but more so what you think the fab value has done to the Luke as well as how you should use it year in and year out. Because we saw Kyle with a huge pickup of Puka, obviously, and then John with Jerome Ford was a huge pickup this year, I think, as well. Um, you haven't, haven't even played him, played him yet. I know, yeah. I know. But you, you could have if he's been producing in terms of on-the-field results. I'm curious because you both spent a lot of money on those two guys. So what is your thoughts around how to use that $100 and how you expect that to progress in the future? And I'll start with John on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle and I are probably on the same page because it seems like what everyone in the league's trending towards, which is instead of using like small chunks throughout the season, gambling on getting players, it's you like – uh, attempting to spend as much as possible uh, within reason to acquire a player. So basically blowing out your budget for one player with uh, significant promise. Yeah. Um, because those guys can be league winners, you know? Yeah. We haven't I think really who, I, seen I mean, it. Yeah. I don't think rarely though. Like, I mean, we're talking year in, year out. There's at least yeah. one guy that uh, the most obvious one to me uh, is, Peyton Hillis from the Browns, like <laughs> way back when, a Madden cover guy, where he, like week four, came out of nowhere and then scored twenty five a week at running back, and then never did anything again. But yeah, Alfred Morris back. was kind of the same way. Yes, I remember yep. a few Good years call. ago. So th- those guys exist. Uh, I would say probably more years than not, guys that you're going to start every single week. So. I think what everyone's kind of getting the idea of now is, uh, which is probably the right way to go about it, is to like fully invest in picking up those guys and gambling, as opposed to getting little pieces that add depth to your bench for like fifteen to twenty dollars. I think it's those big sixty-plus spends that really change team seasons. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, no, that's a. Those are great points, and Kyle, I think we've uh, John spot on there. We've seen teams start to gamble, or owners, I should say, start to gamble a lot more on those, you know, big players that can win you a league. What I'm curious about there is your thoughts, obviously, as well as if you miss on that, do you kind of screw yourself? Because I do believe there's still value in getting a streaming defense, a streaming quarterback, uh, like those I think there's some value. I agree with John that if you can find that one guy and it's worth the gamble, obviously, if you find a wide receiver eight, you know, that's a huge pickup on a waiver wire. But here's kind of what you think on gambling all in for one guy or 
streaming some of those positions that maybe people don't care about as much tight end defense kicker. Well, let's not include kicker <laughs> tight end defense and quarterback uh, backup quarterback. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like, I can't really hide it anymore. I feel like my strategy is exactly that where I definitely gamble big on players and Puka, for example, early. I, first of all, I gamble on players, but I also look at the structure of my team and kind of like, I get really selective over which players to gamble on. So like Puka being a good example, like when it's the first one, two, three weeks, it's a little bit harder because you don't know if like those, like if they play well for two weeks, is that actually going to be consistent or is it just, they had a hot start to the season, then they kind of fade. So it's a little hard to make those judgments early on, but like for Puka, I had to make that investment in my opinion, because I had Cooper cup. And so Cooper cup was my first pick and I'm like, well, Puka had a great two first games. I can't look at the rest of the season and say to myself, like, oh, I tried to nickel and dime my way to get Puka and then not get him and then see him take off and be a top 10 receiver, which he has essentially done this year. And so I kind of was just like, fuck it. Like, I need this guy, so I'm going to spend a bunch of money on him. Right. Um, so I definitely take that mentality. But then you look at this last week and I needed a running back and I was going to play Alexander Madison, but he was questionable because of a concussion. So I spent a bunch of money on Ty Chandler and then they both ended up playing. And so that was kind of one of those, you know, it's a high risk, high reward type situation. I mean, thankfully I still played Chandler and he ended up having a pretty good game, thankfully, but I don't really think I'm going to be able to play him the rest of the year. So I just spent like 28 bucks of fab for like a one week rental, which I would argue is maybe not worth it in the long run, but it just is what it is. Um, Uh, By the way, he's the better back in that backfield. So oh, totally. Like, but they give Alexander Madison all these carries for some reason. It's it's kind of similar to the B. John Robinson situation, to be honest. Like, Ty Chandler has done nothing but show he's the better back and should be getting 100% of the carries, but they don't use them that way. Yeah. Um, and so... That's kind of how I view, the, view those players. And then when it comes to streaming, like, I don't ever spend fab on like defenses or anything like that because to me it's like i don't place value on defense i think there is maybe one or two defenses every year that you can actually just like sit in your starting lineup for the whole season and even then i honestly don't even think there's really one and two like i think you can rock with a defense that's ranked 20 to 30 every single week and still get solid production from your defense if you just pick the right matchups and so i never spend any sort of money on a defense. I know there's guys that like Jack who likes to have a defense that he views as one. He'll never have to interchange every week, but I think even the best defenses have bad weeks. Like that's just kind oh, of no doubt. Happen. No doubt. So, I mean, that's, that's 1000% true. I, I do think there's value in trying to pick that good matchup each week. Uh, yeah. Where uh, if, if other people are on your same kind of wavelength there, you're going to lose not putting any money down, but um, I do believe a defense can swing a week if someone has a six point week versus a 20 point week, you know, that's, that's obviously a significant difference, but I hear you. It's not, it's not worth big investment. Um, John curious to you here. One more question about the fab. When do you feel like it's worth it to spend the big money versus not? Because it seems like to me in our Luke history, those first six weeks are kind of maybe, you know, you can even go shorter than that. But I think after week six-ish, you're not seeing big amounts spent. Um, do you think it's an early season thing because people, the players can actually become an integral part of offenses? Or 
kind of what what's your opinion on when to spend that money? And we'll need you to come off mute to to understand what you're saying. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I just do whatever I just do whatever Matthew Barry tells me to do, Connor. Oh, that's very sad to hear. Okay, no, let's I'm, move no, on. <laughs> no, like the real answer, I think it's the values in the home run hitter or the home run ball early in the season. And then late season is replacements. So yeah. high value replacements. The, and kind of those injuries. Like, yeah, I, I hear you. Kind of wait for the injuries almost, which is unfortunate to say, but which, very true. I mean, can be a league winner for people. Say if, uh, yeah. you know, some of the bell cow backs in the league end up becoming bell cows themselves after yeah. or the backups to the bell cows, those can win, win um, leagues, win championships for people. And I know Cooper has the most fab money right now. So I'm sure he's, he's hoping that someone gets put on the IR late in the season. Yeah, that's a good, good point. And I, I do feel like it's very, the later you get into the season, you're waiting for a running back, especially, uh, but a wide receiver may be coming to fruition as well. But I, I feel like running backs are really late season winners. Otherwise, I think early in the season, you're looking running back, wide receiver, tight end. You know, you're kind of the full gamut at that point for who can take over. Right now, it's tough to imagine, you know, any of the quarterbacks on the waiver wire winning you a championship. Uh, yes. Yeah. But I think running backs are still very significant. Okay, yeah, let's sure. move on. We've got a very tight, very, very tight playoff race going on in the league right now. We have everyone basically except Tyler and myself and maybe Derek uh, still hunting for a playoff spot. So I'm curious what you guys think in terms of how close this year has been, just so everyone is aware. We've got Randall and David leading the T-Swift division. Kyle is leading the Rihanna division. Uh, Cooper and John are tied at six and five in the Rihanna division. And then outside of that, we've got a couple guys at five and six. So, John, I want to start with you here. What do you think playoff-wise about this season? Are you confident sitting in the third spot in the Rihanna division, or do you feel like there's a couple dominant teams and that you're hanging on by a thread? Yeah, um, I think that I am – I'm super on the fence right now because I have lower point totals um, than than others in the race here. Yeah. which I've kind of done. And I've to said myself. all year your team sucks, so I, I'm well, glad. Yeah, that you've been wrong all year. Fruition. Your team sucks, Connor. You have Nick Chubb, Joe Burrow. Points. It, Nick Chubb, Joe, Joe Burrow just Burrow. happened. Joe, it, Joe Burrow he just didn't happened, play the so. first four weeks. True. Who is and your then Nick Chubb got hurt in week two. Well, he did. No, been upended. Joe Burrow played in the first four weeks. No, he did not. Let me look. He Connor. had the calf strain. Well, but he played. And yeah, but he wasn't, like he wasn't Joe Burrow. He wasn't Joe Burrow. We all know that. Yeah, well, you drafted him, so. Okay, anyway, let's talk about the playoff <laughs> race. <laughs> okay, so, uh, no, I, I mean. And now Kenneth Walker, yeah. just, I just want everyone to know. Yeah, I think it's super exciting. Obviously, uh, what this means is for me, I need, I either need to score a lot of points or need uh, Cooper to lose two games, kind of, for me to get in. Or yeah. for me to win two and Cooper lose one. So unfortunately unfortunately losing to Cooper this week by ten points puts me in a really tough spot. 
Yeah. But it it seems like unless we get a miraculous run from Paul or Jack, that uh, it's either – well, it's either – it'll be David, Randall, Kyle, Cooper, and the, Cooper and me, I think, are fighting for that last spot. And Kyle, how are you feeling? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one thing to kind of defend your team, John, and I would throw Cooper into this as well, is that I have to play basically the best two teams in the league the last two seasons, or the last two weeks. I had to play David and Randall. You could argue, I mean, you could argue they're one, two in terms of power rankings. I mean, I think, I don't think there's anyone that's like far superior than everybody else, but basically what I'm saying is I have to play two really good teams. And so like, there's a very good chance that I lose two in a row. And like my team hasn't been very consistent this year. So I think if I lose both those games and it's very possible you and Coop could get in over me. And you guys win. And just since Kyle always calls me a sandbagger, I want to point out that he has an 87% chance to make the playoffs. So he's talking about a 13% <laughs> chance that he does not get in. Uh, but if I lose both games, then I, I, I mean. And they win both games. Yeah, that is that is true, I guess. <laughs> uh, you sandbagging son of a bitch, you. Uh, but we've got David and Randall at 92 and 90%, Kyle at 87 and then Coop at 51, John down at 35. The rest of us are under 20%. So it does seem like it's a five-team race. Uh, like Kyle mentioned, there's always a chance that two weeks can change everything, especially with how tight this year's been. I wanted to get into the power rankings with you both here. I think because we have both of you on here, what we'll do is just switch off back and forth of who's 10, 9, 8, 7, obviously, down the line. Um, Kyle, we'll start with you, if that's okay, on who is number 10 in your power rankings. And just as a reminder to the loop, uh, Paul put Derek at 10 last week uh, and himself at 1. It doesn't play any relevance into this week. I just wanted to remind everyone that happened. Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, which, by the way, after this week, David and I are actually going to be 7-4-1 uh, because we are not going to play anybody and we are going to tie, which in theory should solidify our playoff position. There's no rule against it. Connor can't do anything about it. As, as the dictator, I will adjust scores to make sure you guys are both eliminated from the playoffs if you do that. <laughs> that would be – that would be. what if we actually just like played our whole team and tied? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could set your whole team and tie and I can't – you're right. I can't do anything about that. That's just your guys' choice. Uh, Wait, actually? Yeah. As long as you clear it, as long as you clear it through the league. I mean, there's really nothing I can do about it. Well, obviously, the The rest of the league can hate you and vote to kick you out, but otherwise, no, nothing I can do. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll do that. That feels scummy. Um, No, it it doesn't feel scummy. That's extremely scummy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, getting into the power rankings, um, I'm not going to put Derek at 10. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to put Tyler there, but just to make this a somewhat entertaining podcast, I'll put Connor there. Uh, no, it's not even entertaining. I deserve to be 10. Like, I, mean, I should be running this. the beer mile this year. Like, so there's, Connor, Connor I've been very upfront. 119 points less than Tyler, which, you know, that's a good chunk. Don't get me wrong. It's not ridiculous, but I think where it gets more ridiculous is Tyler has had, let's see here. 334 more points scored against him 
than Connor has. So let's divide that by 11. That is on average 30 points more per week Tyler has had scored against him. So here's the funny, here's the funny part is I am the only person that hasn't scored a thousand points yet. I'm also the only person that hasn't given up a thousand points yet. So <laughs> I'm only six thing. points. I'm only a minus six on my uh, ranking right now. Uh, yeah. No, Maybe my team's my team's players. absolutely the worst. But uh, thank God Tyler lost nine in a row. Yeah, no, that's very funny. So for that reason, Connor, I'll just put you. No, uh, that's fair, team. Kyle. I'm not upset whatsoever. I should be 10 every Which, week. By the way, you calling me a sandbagger, you're five and six. You easily could just make the playoffs too. You're no, I, I literally can't. Like, Because <laughs> uh, if I tie anyone, I don't win. And in my division, there's two people with seven. And you have seven wins already too. So actually, I guess I could if I won two games and everyone else in front of me lost two, then I could. I could. But I actually... My team's so bad. When it's a tie, is it just strictly points for, or is yes. it head to head matchups first? Just points for. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, your your regular season matchups don't actually determine it's it's just points for. So okay. I'm I'm pretty much out at this point. Yeah, and I sense. I can't lie to you guys. Since week like seven, I've been just monitoring Tyler's results because I was so sure I was going to be the first two time beer mile runner. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God Tyler exists, so uh, he'll do that. Uh, it's tough for Tyler. No, I think, yeah, Connor, I think you're the easy choice there, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's fair. I I will continue to defend. I feel like I drafted poorly in terms of injuries, to John's point. I picked the players, Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler didn't play the first four weeks. Nick Chubb got hurt in week two. Joe Burrow didn't play like Joe Burrow at least the first four weeks. I've also now uh also my team did I lose? Oh okay. uh, terrible pick with DeAndre Hopkins, I'll I'll admit that. Um yeah, I feel like I, I suck. I suck ass. Yeah. Well it's actually Connor, a miracle it's a good, five and six. It's good it's thing a you good thing. The good news is I held all my players so that you guys couldn't have Eckler or CD Lamb since I talked to you both extensively about trades. Um, at least I didn't help either of you. I'm Connor. I'm going to go and see if you would have what your record would have been if you accepted that trade I sent, just for fun. Yeah, yours, yours, way more than Kyle's uh, could have been influential. That being said, Eckler has played a lot better since the first week. The first week was really bad because it was like Alvin Kamara got like 22 and then Amari Cooper had like 15 and Eckler had like four and a half. And, yeah. But since then, he has been good. Wait, how you land. my trade would have been bad? I offered you Brandon Ayuk and Puka. No, not, 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 not bad. I'm <laughs> saying worse than the one John offered me in terms of how it would have affected my season. It wasn't a bad trade. It was definitely not a bad trade. CD Lamb's been going nuclear, though. Like, and yeah. like I told Should both I of you, it nine? was the same rationale for both of you where I just said, my team's so bad, I need to beat Tyler. And my only chance is to get lucky that they have good weeks at the same time. Anyway, let's get off of my team because <laughs> I'm not important. Let's go it's to number It's so fun nine. to talk about, though, Connor. So fun. It's really, it's, it's not as, you know, a guy who's won a championship. Um, it's really not a good feeling to see myself regress like this. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know that feeling, but... 
Oh, you do, John, actually, because you won a championship and we haven't really heard much from you since. Uh, let's go to number nine, and that's you. Whereas in this league, it's like there are all major sports leagues. We need to officially establish that. Because <laughs> the dead ball era should not mean a single thing in this league. And everyone knows it. The only people who care are the people who won a championship in the dead ball era. I agree. Kyle, like I agree with you completely. Like, when would you cut? I'd say John's championship is the last dead ball area, era what? championship. And Randall Cooper, Randall, me are the ones that matter. Yes, I, I actually fully agree with that. The last we four were seasons out of, matter much more than the first six. We were out of college, and you guys were working grown man jobs when I exactly, won my... John. We were fucking grinding. Now, uh, I like so, John. Were you the first person to win it out of college? Is that true? Yes. Yes. I I would honestly even give you that. It's more the I ones would, we I were would in not. College. I would absolutely not give him that. Well, we'll we'll see. I it's two, okay. It so like we it's all agree. One, it sounds like we all agree that John was the last of the dead ball era, and then the last four have mattered significantly more. So, John, who do you have at number nine? <laughs> okay, y- yours is baseless, Connor, and Kyle and I have a real tangible uh, event in time that we can base the end of the dead or the beginning of the new ball era, whatever it's called. Anyway, at nine, I have either way. I, Jack, Jack hasn't won in this era. That's all I care and about. Speak, speaking of Jack, I'm going to put Jack at number nine. I think it's between <laughs> two guys here. Yeah. Wow. So I, I <laughs> Fuck yeah, John. Fuck yeah. I think, I think Jalen Hurts is uh, the front runner I saw today. Uh, Vegas saw his front runner for MVP, which may be if he continues on this linear pattern of putting up the same numbers he has so far, maybe the like the most unimpressive MVP in league history in nfl history past whatever the new ball era. i do agree with that this is the worst mvp race we've had in a long time yeah i think uh debo it's clearly been underperforming cmc is obviously their uh 100 go-to guy they used to use debo like kind of how they're using cmc now in certain ways so um down on debo i deontay johnson the Steelers are just so bad Kenny Pickett, I don't think it was uh, – what was his name, Kyle, the the OC in Pittsburgh? Matt Canada. Canada. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was fully his problem. Kenny Pickett just looks so bad, like sailing and missing wide-open throws to stationary receivers. Kenny Pickett so, sucks ass. Yeah. I, you know, it's so that's standard, a, that's a, I definitely said he was going to be good in one of our first podcasts this year because he looked so good in the preseason. That's the last time I ever rely on uh, good throws in the preseason for uh, quarterback. <laughs> I, I was with you. I mean, we were all with you. That's that's not that bad of a take. Yeah. Well, and I, I think Jack has uh, – he needs Jonathan Taylor to return to two years ago JT form, and he'd jump up my list. So we'll see if he can do that. Jack just is so shallow at at every position that – I just think it's it makes a lot of sense to have Jack at nine at this point in the season. I can't and... tell you how much I hate him starting Jared McKinnon. Like I, <laughs> I know his whole strategy is that that he only every time he touches it he scores a touchdown, which is statistically pretty close to accurate. But the games he doesn't, he's a zero, a complete zero. The first yeah, time I played think... Jack this year, he uh, Jarek McKinnon had two catches for two touchdowns, both it, right. inside the five-yard line. He still only had like 13 points with two touchdowns. Exactly, Kyle. <laughs> exactly. 
I think I think what did it for Jack this year that threw him off his game is Tyler taking Justin Tucker. That surprise pick in the Couldn't draft. Couldn't agree more. That it's was really worked out Jack- for Tyler, too. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jack's the only man who can employ that strategy. Tyler uh, tried and failed this year, so we'll see how it also, goes next year. You got to also think Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, that did not do Jack's team any favors. He's been worse since they dated. Well, I mean, I'd probably my mind would be in other places as well. What places? Can't blame them in. Okay, Kyle. Dark ones. Let's go to number eight. Uh, number eight. Okay. Um, first of all, by the way, d- uh, during that John segment, there I was kind of taking a peek at the historicals, and I do uh, think we should officially establish that anything pre twenty seventeen is considered dead ball era. So therefore, uh, two of Jack's championships, Paul's championship, and Tyler's championships do not count for this league. Wait, wait, uh, uh, hold up, real quick. Paul doesn't have a championship. Joey does. True, Joey. The fact that Paul. <laughs> That we let him get it. Well, we don't really get let him get away with it because we all know it's bullshit. But the fact that the year he won was the second year of this league, and he talks like he has a championship is hysterical. And he didn't draft his team. Like, what are we talking about? There's a reason. There's an ad. That's the only asterisk that will ever be on the trophy. I would guess. The only thing that's awesome about the 2014 season, which is the year Joey won it, is John's team name being Cum Newton. Like, that is arguably <laughs> the best team in the history of this league. Well done, John. Well done. What okay, was it? Let's, let's go to number eight. Okay, number eight. Sorry. Uh, now we'll go Tyler. We've said enough about his team. Um, I think. I mean, I think if you put him above eight, that's just kind of criminal when you've won two games. So, sorry, Ty. You got you to gotta be down there somewhere. John, I I know you have maybe a different opinion here. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, I've held my tongue because I wanted to bring this up during our ranking segment. But uh, I think Tyler Loki. I was watching the games on Sunday, and I just started this little sprout of an idea came into my head. Oh, was that and... a pun, by the way, for potatoes? I couldn't tell oh, if that was intentional. You made, you kind of smiled. That was really good. Like I heard that. I have to go pee real quick, but I heard that, and that was really good. If, even though it was unintentional. Okay, it wasn't. It was purely intentional. It's written in my book. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, I like looking at Tyler's team. I think to me, he has one of the scarier teams. If he was in playoff contention, that I wouldn't want to play, and. Cal, to your point that you have a really tough matchup, I have Tyler this week. And if you pull up his team, um, if he gets Justin Jefferson back this week, which is is a maybe, Tyler's team looks incredibly scary. CJ Stroud, who is like may finish the season from here on out as the number one quarterback or top three. Brees Hall is coming on. They have to run the football. Jameer Gibbs is showing that he's – amazing and that they can do the two-headed monster there in Detroit. Um, You know, Adams and Ridley are up in the air, but Jalen Warren is looking amazing, Uh, especially in recent weeks. They fired their OC, so you'd have to imagine that they're going to stop forcing the ball to Najee Harris and get Jalen Warren much more involved. He's proven to be a much more electric back than, uh, than Najee Harris. And then, of course, uh, Justin Jefferson and Devin Singletary. Like Tyler's team looks scary, which is hilarious that he's one and nine and looks like one of the more dangerous teams in the league to me. It's just so fun. And I play him next week. 
I definitely don't disagree. He has a, a respectable team that I think can beat anybody. He just has a lot of boom players. Like Ridley seems to score zero points or 30 points. I mean, obviously Devontae mm-hmm. is really good. Like he just has a lot of like if everything clicks for him in a certain week, he can definitely score. Like what happened last week where he has like 150. So I agree. He's a scary matchup. Um, and maybe he shouldn't be eight in the power rankings because of where his team's at now. But I weigh both record and points in power rankings, and I feel like yeah. he's, he's got to be that low. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to play him in these next couple of weeks, that's for sure. The yeah, I think the simple fact that you can't point to something like me saying like when when i say that is like there's nothing i can point to that i think tyler did wrong i think he just got screwed this year like i think justin jefferson's the most obvious example the one thing i could point to doing wrong is trying to trade justin jefferson when he's on the ir uh that would have been maybe a, a beer mile saving move but it wouldn't have been a playoff making move i don't think in my opinion yeah i mean if in hindsight so you know, it's so easy. Yeah, it's to, so easy. I agree to dissect those choices, but I think if it were me, and I recognize that I'm slipping to being like three games back of the next closest person, then I'm trying. I'm shifting from waiting for JJ to come back in week what, eleven or twelve to I don't want to run the beer mile. Let's get me players that can like put me in contention to win games. In. As the guy he should have been looking at for that, I can't say, like, for me, I can't believe he didn't see me as just, like, that's my mark right there. I just need to keep up with Khan's team because the points were never going to be close. And so the fact that there wasn't a trade maybe to even just get, like, a win this week, a win this week, and give up talent for the matchup week by week, I think that might have been his one error. It's also very hard to do that when you have the second overall pick on your team. Um, so I, I again, I can't blame him for not doing that. But John, I'm with you. I would have gone to self preservation mode very quickly there in like week seven, probably six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of week seven, let's move on to power ranking number seven. John, it's back to you. Number seven, I have. Uh, our boy D Rocks. Yeah, I think Rock-a-plock I think we knew that was coming. Yeah, I I I think between deciding between nine and eight was for me was Jack and Derek, and I think just having uh Christian McCaffrey on Derek's team puts him all the time in like in games. Christian McCaffrey can pop off every single week for thirty points, twenty plus points probably more realistic he has decent um like complimentary pieces as well that'll put up around 10 points so i think derek's a guy that'll that'll average like 85 to 105 points consistently but we'll really need some of his uh 10 point guys to boom and that's it john i have a question for you and actually you too because i i offered derek like the house for C-Mac. Well, what I would consider like a fancy, it's not the house. Okay, wait, no, tell us, tell us what you offered because we'll decide if it's the house. Well, here's the thing. Hindsight's 2020 again, right? So keep in mind. So tell I know the week in the offer, if you can. It was the week of the trade deadline. So I think that was like the first week of November. So two weeks ago, basically. Yeah. Um, And so that's why I want to preface that because Cooper Cup didn't have two bad games in a row. Um, And he had 
he doesn't have a quarterback. I understand you and I understand that, but like that's has he been stopped good him before. Has like, he been good since? No, he's always had Stafford. We're not going to get in an But Stafford's playing right, right now. In, in his but Stafford's over. not Stafford. Okay, that's fine. But Stafford was Stafford earlier this year, and he played two games and had 25 points in both of them. So, like, I agree. I agree. So, yes, that's a good point. Who has the best fantasy football season in the history of fantasy football players two years ago? I offered him, and then I say that last part again two years ago. (laughs) So, what? C Mac was the best two years ago, too, and he's still C Mac. No, he's the best now. Yeah, but you would have said this. Yeah, everyone said this last year about C Mac. Me and Kyle think too similarly to be on a podcast together. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to defend myself when Connor tries to pull his bullshit. <laughs> Very okay, fair. So okay, Kyle, I'll shut up. I'm sorry. He can have his pick of uh, Gus Bus, Ramondre, Alexander Madison. So filler running back, but he doesn't have great running backs outside of C Mac. So it's basically to give him a replacement option for trading C Mac. I would have given him any of them. I think if you pick one, you'd probably choose Ramondre at that time because he's, I, I don't know, Gus Plus has obviously been great. But regardless, they said he could have Ayuk too. So it's Ayuk and Cooper Cup and then basically like an, an RB2 caliber running back when he still has Joe Mixon on his team and Rashad White. So you'd have Rashad White, Joe Mixon, and then one of my running backs. Obviously not as good, but rotational guys. But his receivers would be significantly better. He'd basically have two starters with a plug-and-play guy from me for C-Mac. And he immediately shut it down. And to me, I was like, you're kind of, I don't know. I felt like it was a more intriguing offer than maybe that meets the eye. John, what do you what do you think about that? Um, I think that what Derek was probably banking on is uh, like the gamble that Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave or Rashad White would start to pop. And Rashad White kind of has, but the other guys yep. haven't. So I think accepting Ramondre and Ayuk and even Cooper Cup now is like uh, it's just adding on more guys that you're kind of hoping do well. Where when he yeah. has McCaffrey, he knows that he's starting him every week and he's going to get at least 15 fantasy points and, on every single week. And I agree. I, I think I agree with John and. Kyle makes a great point. Like hindsight makes us super obvious, right? Obviously. Right, exactly. We all we all know that now. But a name like Cooper Cup is beautiful trade bait. I mean, it's beautiful because he yeah. is the best receiver in the league if he has a competent quarterback. And so we didn't know what Stafford was going to be two weeks ago when he came back from injury. Now we know his thumb is not good and he is not yeah. okay. Um, so... Kyle, although I came at you pretty hot, some would say, uh, I do, I do agree that that at that point in time, it's still Cooper Cup. He's still the best receiver in the NFL, outside of maybe Justin Jefferson or oh Tyree Kill actually, sorry Tyree Kill, um, but he's in that upper echelon. And if Matt Stafford's healthy, he remains in that upper echelon. So yeah, it, it makes way, sense. I'm not really sort of said yes to it. I just feel like he was so like adamant about being against at the time where I was like, I feel like this is a much more like relatively like considerable offer than it was getting credit for. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah the name, it was though, a terrible offer. <laughs> no, it, well, hindsight. Yeah. McCaffrey's yeah. also a name though, where I can understand shutting everything down right away to Derek's side of things. Like yeah. that dude yeah. is the best fantasy 
guy we've seen if he can stay healthy. And, yeah. Yeah, I, and yeah. again, Cooper Cup's that guy too, but not this year. I think McCaffrey has been since he's especially – I mean, he won me a championship last year legitimately. Like outside of him getting traded to San Francisco, I would definitely not have won. Like him and Kyle Shanahan are a dream pairing. So I understand where Derek's at. At the same time, I, I also hear Kyle, like, if Cooper Cup returned to form, he would be kicking himself not taking all those players. Yeah, and that time. would have been the gamble, because if he did return yeah. to form, he would have Cup and Ayuk in his starting lineup. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, they are clearly looking like they're, well, Ayuk's looking like he's going to, he's I don't know, he's kind of a boomer bust type player. Anyway, we're spending too much time on this. Yeah, but. you're right, you're right. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to number six here, and I think it's to you, Kyle. Um. Okay. Number six. Who have we not said that's down here? So we've okay. done myself, Jack, Derek, and Tyler. Okay. Um. Let's go with. Ooh, this is tough. This is where it gets interesting because there's a lot of teams that are. So I guess I'll go. This is fifth. Sorry. I'm being six. Bad. Six. No, you're okay. Uh, this um, is all good. So you've got. We're on number six. You've got John, Paul, Cooper, yourself, Randall, David. I think I have to go. Yeah, with John. Unfortunately, okay. I, I, I knew I knew you were going to say that. I, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, you're one point higher than Jack in scoring, John, and you put him at nine. I, I say okay. that, John, and it's not just because you're on this podcast, but like. I still really like your team. It, it's between you and Paul for me, and I think I would give the slight edge to Paul. Um, but I don't know, John. Like, the more I stare at your team, the more I really like it. But I've already said you, so I have to stick with it. <laughs> no, I swear. What's that? What, you can switch if I'll you want to put Paul there. You can do it. Um, Pick now. Five, four, three, two. Oh, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with John. Okay. John's at number six. Okay, what what I will say is my team took a, a huge blow this week because, Connor, you touched on it on the pod last week that my wide receiver two spot is, like, a really difficult decision each week. Yes. And it's been a thing that Amari Cooper or T. Higgins should fill that in really nice. Those guys, yes. at least one of them, should be a really good wide receiver two. And yes. both of their quarterbacks now are done for the season. Yep, and their replacements are really bad. So this hurts me like really, really bad. I was hoping Nico Collins would would be that guy that could replace, but it just seems like he's just so inconsistent. He's one of those boomer bust guys and hasn't boomed in a while. And that Tank Dell might be the preferred option. What I will also say is that Paul is a moron because he said that <laughs> he. he ran- he ranked me seven last week and didn't talk about one of my starting players. He like analyzed my bench and none of my starting players, which just didn't make any sense. And That's a cardinal sin of the podcast is people talking about depth. Like depth yeah. doesn't matter that much if you have like two guys you can fill in the bye week with. True. I mean, I think my team does have a legitimate shot. It needs to be carried by – Bell cow, Saquon, Bell cow, Camara, and Bell cow, Swift with Diggs doing what Diggs does. And then if Tua finishes as a top five quarterback, I think I have a legitimate shot. I also have the number one kicker, by the way, if you guys were unaware. I actually was unaware. Was uh, your, yeah. 
your current starting lineup is averaging 113, so that's pretty fucking solid, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the, only, like, the only reason I'd have to go with Paul over you, like, now that I've stared at your offers enough, is, like, Paul just has a three-headed monster at receiver. That, yeah. like, when you talk about boom potential, like, Paul has the best boom potential at anybody in the league, I think, especially at the receiver position. And, like, he still has Josh Jacobs anchoring his running backs – and to give Paul credit, he jerks off to Kyron Williams and every time he talks about it. Kyron him. Williams is not good, I'll keep saying but, it. But to be fair, I will defend <laughs> Paul. Like He's clearly been the guy they rely on when he's healthy. So if he comes back and gets the same workload he had when he was healthy earlier in the year, then Paul's team could be very scary. Now, I'm not sure Kyron Williams is going to get that, to be honest, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, Paul. Paul's running backs – are like I I just don't see them being able to carry wide receivers to me are much more replaceable and much more um what's the right word uh, it starts with a p a lot of them uh, there are a lot more wide receivers there's a, there's a much larger pool of wide receivers out there that you can plug in whereas I think the running back floor is a lot lower and so I don't know. I'm I'm with you guys. I don't I don't love Kyron Williams at all. And I think the Raiders are so terrible that I don't see his his wide receivers carrying him, especially with the Joe Burrow injury. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's going to be the question mark. Um, I do think Kyron Williams is good, by the way. Connor doesn't think he's good. I just don't no, know if he's. I've I've well. been very clear. About uh, that. But he does have Michael Pittman sitting there, and like Michael Pittman's not bad. He's he's not like a big boom guy, but he's kind of a solid ten points a week. So I don't know. Paul's team is it's it seems consistent to me. I don't know. Yeah, consistent yeah. enough to get him to five and six. So I think <laughs> we are listing Paul then at five. It sounds like John. Yeah, I think we can agree. Yeah. Well, it's there. it's John's choice, yeah, but I, it sounds like that was the debate yeah, there between yourself sure. and Paul. And I think we okay. covered his team pretty well too. Okay, sounds good. I still hate that he has oh, oh, wait, Connor. quarterback. Hopefully he puts in Jared Goff here soon, but go ahead. Can I say can I say one more thing before we move on? Yeah. I want to say that that there's a there's a terrible pattern that's emerging in this league, okay? And it's a double standard. Okay. I do not understand why it's egregious for me to make fun of Paul for being overweight, but that he can make fun of me for being short. Wait, why is that egregious? No one said that's egregious. That was a, it was a, it was a, the best trash talk we've ever seen in the Luke, I think, by far. I mean, but I don't think, it's, I don't think either side was one, like no one was more respectable or less respectable. You guys went to the <laughs> same level of love. Okay. I, I was just getting the vibes that it wasn't super chill that I was calling Paul fat, which is maybe the truth. Maybe we shouldn't be doing Maybe I shouldn't be doing that, okay? But there can't be a double standard, and I'm not. I'm not going to comment average. on your guys's trash talk outside of the fact that it was hilarious to watch, and I think all of us that were not involved loved reading it. But I don't think either side took any more advantage than the other. I think both sides went maybe a little lower than we should let that group chat get to. <laughs> But at the same time, I think it was very fair, back and forth. Okay. okay. And and I gotta say, the fucking pictures and videos, I was crying. Like, I was laughing so fucking hard. 
at every text that was sent. Kyle, give us your opinion. I'm staying <laughs> silent on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was by far like we know Paul. Paul it like, was funny. sent some scathing text. Fucking funny is what but, it was. Oh my god, it was it was hilarious. Like think- you guys you guys went as full bore on your trash talk as you possibly could have. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was the governor was taken off. And I I think Paul and I both had a very great, wholesome amount of fun doing that. We chatted. We chatted. And just so you know, after and it was great. Right. Okay, that's all we need to hear. Because as a Lug, as a Lug, the eight of us that weren't involved, I think can all agree that was actually the funniest thing that's ever been said in the group text. I also uh, think that, as like, long as you guys weren't actually mad at each other, that's the one. And it sounds like that was already confirmed that after the fact you you texted. So as long as everyone's cool with each other, that was the best trash talk we've ever seen in the world. I agree, and yeah. I'm not going to say anyone went too far. I think what I will say is with the amount of shit talk Paul talks, <laughs> just saw the text again. <laughs> with the amount of Paul, the shit talk Paul has, I feel like he doesn't really have a right to ever feel like. No. No, Paul doesn't get it. So I think there's he no why. Open that book, and then there's all. I mean, there's others in this league that definitely like you know Connor's not innocent in this regard. Where if someone goes to Connor, he comes back with quadruple the force. So like, okay. wait, but I only do that to Paul. Do <laughs> well, he's the, the only one that guys. pokes in there. <laughs> he if he pokes first, then yes, of course. Hey, tell him tell him some things he doesn't like to hear. But I think we can agree, John and Paul back and forth that's an all-time hall of fame loop moment oh for sure for sure i i would i would uh go out on a limb here and say it probably won't be the last because i don't think it got fully resolved so (laughs) oh god i could almost agree that i think we have to call out too. cooper felt the most uncomfortable because he sent the text saying i think this has gone too far guys and the rest of us were like no we want to see what happens next Um, but either way let's move on to number four here uh we're at the top of the league obviously and like i said playoff playoff competition is in full swing so we've got randall david kyle and who am i missing right Cooper, yes. Yeah, and I think it's my turn, and I almost I almost think I should have ranked Cooper lower. Like Okay. He, you look at the start of his roster, Lamar, ETM, Montgomery, great start. Love that start. Um I don't I think there it's yeah, losing Mark Andrews hurts bad because Cooper was already kind of lacking at the receiver position, but Mark Andrews made up for a lot of that, being a very good tight end. Like, Jordan Addison and DK Metcalf as players are very good, but from a fantasy perspective, I feel like they're... Well, I guess Addison's been very good in uh, a slow last couple weeks, let's just say. Yeah. Well, Um, hey, Kyle, to your point, let me tell you, his current starting lineup would only average 103 versus, like, what we just said, I think John was 113 or 112, you know? So I, I hear what you're saying. So, but DK seems to be coming into his zone, having back-to-back good weeks. So that's a good sign for Coop. If DK can get going, that could that could be his savior. Um, but his receivers, man, like this doesn't have like the consistent options that you'd love to see. Like even McLaurin, like great player, not always throwing up like ten to fifteen points a game. Obviously, being on the Commanders, so it's he's in a tough position. He still has a solid team, no doubt. But I almost think John and Paul's team should have been above him. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I think Terry McLaurin's the biggest sucker pick uh, as a guy that picked him a couple years ago, like in the draft process. Um, John, do you have anything on Coop's team here at four? No, I mean, I think another thing to look at is Jordan Addison um, with uh, Dobbs at quarterback and Justin Jefferson coming back. He'll probably lose production from Addison um, yeah. to where he won't be that. And it's reflected in his projected this week, I believe, but to where he won't be that uh, he's ranked 12 overall at wide receiver right now. So I think that will dip um, as well. Yeah. He's Addison's getting workload, but with Dobbs, he's not, he hasn't caught a touchdown yet. So I feel like there's some chemistry differences between what Kirk Cousins was doing versus Dobbs. Um, couldn't agree more. Let's go to number three, John. Number three, Randall, David, and Kyle are your last three. I am going to go with Randall Tanner. Also, I have to shout out Randall's name, Mary to T, not the Luke. That that hurts me um, because he's taking a shot at my commissionership. Uh, well, wow. Yeah. It's a good he's name. No, he's telling me I'm more focused on my wife than Fantasy Football League, which everyone knows is. Okay, John, go ahead. <laughs> what? Can you finish that? Wow. I wanted to know who you had at three and why. Oh, okay. Um, I want to give Randall a shout out for the great team names all season. They've been hilarious. So, like, I'll look on a Tuesday or Wednesday just to see what Randall's changed his team name to that week. They've been. I um, also, I, I want to call out like there. there's there's a mini rivalry between him and Cooper on the team name side of things, and I feel like Cooper's gotten lazy uh, in the last couple weeks. He he went to Todd Cobell a couple weeks in a row. And that's just using Taco Bell, which I don't really like. It, it wasn't his best work. <laughs> or is Randall just well, better? Uh, great question, Kyle. These are the questions. I'm not saying one or the other. I'm just I'm raising the question for the for yeah. the loop. Look at look at Cooper's team name right now. This is this is the discrimination I'm talking about facing in this league. It's John's just up. egregious. <laughs> John's up my. <laughs> Matt Cap. John's at my cap. Matt, obviously. In yeah. So parentheses. but you, you think that Paul influenced? Uh I don't it's to me it seems like Cooper's taking a clear side in this in this war between um uh never mind. Well we can move on from this. Okay. Number three. Okay. All right, but I do I did think that that was incredibly clever. I wonder um if he had that in his bag for our matchup or just like came naturally to him, but it was good. I, okay. So number three, I have Randy and I think Connor and Kyle, honestly, like the top five are so interchangeable, maybe like three through six. I would say top like six. Even look, even. Yeah. 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 I agree. Looking at, looking at Randall's team, he has guys that can pop guys that have been underperforming. Uh, he he has t- like probably the best tight end duo in the league, especially now with uh, Andrews going down. Um, yeah, I think Randall's team is solid, but not amazing. That won't blow you out of the water. I got to say, with Randall's team, he has my most jealous draft pick, which is Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes, uh, that was to me 
maybe not like overall point wise, the best pick of the year, but value timing, everything like he lived up to the hype. He also picked Garrett Wilson and then traded him. Um, so we have to diminish him for that a little bit, but then he was smart enough to trade it. Um, but Amon Ross St. Brown favorite pick of the year for me. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. He took, uh, uh, yeah, I did the same. Sorry. I, never mind. I won't reference other leagues that may or may not exist. Never mind. Um, I was just saying, yeah. I picked the same those two players, but that, you know, but that league may or may not exist. Sorry, Jack. You're no. Really- it's all good it's all good and it's actually a good time for me to say fuck all of you guys because i've noticed our league is definitely getting more expansive in terms of how many leagues each owner is participating in and i find it to be complete and utter bullshit um i agree connor thank you john john you're not another league are you it's definitely another league of course not okay Fantastic. Yeah. So fuck all the rest of you guys i think it's most of you at this point and i think it's early too connor i'm absolutely not I have zero other <laughs> leagues, one thousand percent. Really? What about League of Legends? Yeah, that doesn't exist. Yes, it does. League of Legends, the computer game. Yeah. Oh, I thought it's not just too. a computer game, Connor. It's an online community. Okay. Oh, of right. magic and spells. Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm gonna move on here to number two. Uh, John, right? It's me. me. You're going to put yourself. Damn it. Yeah, I'm going to put myself at number two, which I don't know. I look at my team, I feel like I should probably be lower than two compared to maybe some of those other people. I I, I disagree, John. I think one through through five, maybe even six are also interchangeable. Um, It's not that I don't like my team. Obviously, I really like my team. I just feel like they're maybe not as consistent as I would like them to be. Cooper Cup being the guy that I was that I look to that if he was being normal Cooper Cup right now, I think I would say I have a championship team. With him not being normal Cooper Cup, I'm having to rely on guys like Ayuk and Christian Kirk, who again aren't bad options, but maybe are gonna have some weeks where they don't have great weeks just because Ayuk has a lot of other good players on his team and Kirk has to share the workload as well. So I still like him as players, but from a consistency perspective, they could bite me in the ass. Um, and then Arthur Smith doesn't give the best running back in the NFL the ball enough in Bijan Robinson, um, which is tremendously frustrating to to not only be a Falcons fan in that regard, but also have him on your team. So, and Kyle, real quick before I, I pass this over to John, I want you to talk about what Keenan Allen's doing this season because this is the biggest miracle to me in a lot of seasons where Keenan Allen's always good. It's the fact he's been healthy, like you could not have nailed a trade better than you did with Derek early in the season. So I don't even blame Derek, but Keenan Allen has become, I believe a top five receiver fantasy wise. And overall, it seems like, yeah. Okay. Week in week out, he's putting up like the most points per week. Do you feel like you're fortunate? Do you feel like you saw this coming? Like kind of where's your head out on how, badly you won that trade. And Ayuk's a part of that, too, because he's also been fucking awesome. I mean, he's It was a terrible trade. We all knew it was a terrible trade. Olave, for those yeah. who was just not smart. But I think this I, it I makes think it, it look a lot terrible. worse. I don't think it was terrible. It's a little aggressive. I think it, like, because I thought Olave, like, when I made that trade, Derek, I definitely thought Olave was going to be the best of the three on the year. 
I saw Ayuk and Keenan Allen both being like top 20, pushing top 15 receivers. And I saw Olave being top 10, like maybe not top five, but top 10. So that was kind of where I was. But I definitely am very, I think Keenan is doing way better than I thought he was going to do. No doubt, obviously being the second best. But I I try to think of like injury history. I try to push that aside because uh, I don't always value that i think as other people like yeah I think, that's fair that's fair. yeah like i look at c-mac and like what derek did this year picking him first overall it's like ever since c-mac got hurt i've always viewed him as the best player in the league and i was the one that owned him when he had that year where he didn't play at all and i would still pick him first overall every year so i don't look at injury history as much as maybe some others do so i wasn't as worried about it and obviously that just benefited me just being able to take that risk so i'm also, happy that he's done I want to give you a ton of credit for TJ Hawkinson. I feel like he is a tight end that never gets talked about during draft time, but is so consistently good, especially when, I mean, he had a huge game when Josh Dobbs played, but I think especially when Kirk Cousins is there, he's as reliable as anyone outside of Travis Kelsey to me. At yeah, that I mean, he's outperformed Travis Kelsey this year, which I think is yeah. talked about enough, honestly. Uh I didn't expect that for sure. I mean, I, like you said, I think everyone kind of knows he's like in that second tier of tight ends below Kelsey and maybe the Andrews tier. But I think this year and last year, I've kind of put him in that same tier. Um, so I think they're kind of the three-headed monster at tight end. So, yeah, he's been fantastic. I just think he gets kind of that uh, – like this year, people, I, I believe, were valuing Darren Waller over a TJ oh, Hawkinson, yeah. which or is – it's- you know, well, yeah. no one values pets, Kyle. No, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you know why? Because Desmond Ritter's his quarterback. Um, no, it's because the Falcons are bad. <laughs> that's I guess you're solely right. because of their quarterback. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's coaching. Let's keep going here. Uh, John, do you have anything about Kyle's team at number two, or what are your thoughts there? And if you could come off mute, we'd love to hear you. Damn it. Welcome back. That is such a rookie mistake, dude. <laughs> it's only I've the second it twice. time happened. I know. Um, uh, no, just echoes of what you guys said. I think the Derek – I agree with Kyle. Like, if I was Derek, I like consolidating uh, multiple players for one that I think's better, especially if I have depth like Derek did. And uh, But uh, clearly it didn't work out. But I agree. It was, like, sound enough reasoning to make the trade. Yeah. Um. The we'll funny see, thing I is think, that I thought Ayuk was going to be the better of the two players in that trade. Like, Ayuk was who I was really seeking in that deal because I, I thought he was going to be, like, a top-ten receiver, which, I mean, he's still very good, top 20, number 14, I should So I guess he's right there, but it's just funny how Keenan Allen <laughs> popped the way he did. Yeah. 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 I don't blame Derek either, by the way. I, I mean, like, Olave's probably the most talented, if I could say that. He just doesn't have a quarterback. Like, he had to – play with check down Jer- Derek Carr the whole season, and that's a tough look. Uh, yeah. I think if Jameis yeah, so- plays, honestly, Olave pops. I'm not even joking. I think if Jameis is their quarterback, Olave scores a lot of points. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, and I will also say that Brandon Aubrey, Kyle's kicker, has an outstanding story that you should look into if you want to know a little bit more about the Dallas kicker. Well, do you want to like give us any portion of that, or are you going to make everyone read it? Well, I'm pretty sure he's like a 28 year old rookie this year, and was a soccer player back in the day. 
like maybe even professional and ended okay. up making his way to the league later in his life, which is just kind of insane. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. Uh, Pretty cool. I totally do that. I know all my players like that. So I'm glad you informed everyone for me. <laughs> and let's talk about uh, who Kyle's matched up with this week in our number one. I think he's been number one outside of Paul ranking himself number one. Our clear number one for a little bit. Uh, David Walser seeking his first championship. Uh, again, crazy Cinderella coming to the ball. What do we think about David's team here and how he can finish up in the playoffs? I love David's team. Um, I think just he, going through it. Go ahead. Well, I, I just got to say it, he did the classic fantasy winning move of finding the offense that carries you the whole way. I mean, Miami's yeah. offense is what he banked on, especially Tyreek Hill, who is by far the best fantasy receiver we've seen since Cooper Cup's like league breaking season. So, yeah, Tyreek is insane. Um, and A Chain, I think going back to the Fab earlier or Fob, however you pronounce it, uh, A Chain could be the league winner we were discussing um, that we haven't seen, but he's been injured, of course. But it would just be hilarious if he had Moster, Tyreek, and A-Chain, you know, carry him through the playoffs. Uh, and they I, do have, like, a pretty, so uh, significantly easy, like, a rather easy schedule coming up. I mean, just I, pull it up really quick. I also, while John's pulling that up, want to say people are not, not our Luke, but in general, I feel like people are not putting enough respect on Raheem Mostert's name. Like I know he, he's RB two, he's been incredible, and he was actually incredible last year too when he played. It's like, honestly funny, Connor, because him and Keenan Allen are like the same thing this year. Like yes, yes, I can't believe they haven't players. been hurt. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And then they're not only not they're not only healthy, but they're also producing at a level of RB two and wide receiver two. Like and that's a great comparison, Kyle. <laughs> they are the same. I think they're both like 31 and 32 or something. Right. And old. Yeah. Great point. Like it's Raheem Mosert is to me more impressive of a pick than a chain. Like a chains carries are, he, he just makes big plays. Raheem Mosert's just good all the time. Like I'm not saying both aren't worth what they're, what they're projected at, but at the same time, I think Mosert's actually more impressive. Are you taking I mean, McCaffrey yeah. or Tyreek Hill number one overall next year? Or Justin Jefferson? Or Bijan Robinson? I guess there's a few options here, but like... Well, I'm not taking Bijan because he doesn't score touchdowns. Um, I'm going to pick <laughs> probably still McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey and Shanahan are the best possible combo you could have. What if Saquon goes to a good offense? Oh, that's that's yeah. super interesting. I'm trying to think of like what team he would like thrive the most on. Because if you say it's the San Chiefs, Francisco, say it's San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, but like you can't say the Chiefs in my opinion because I just don't think like any running. Well, I guess Pacheco is not bad, but even if they had no, Saquon, the Chiefs aren't a running back offense. Like, yeah, like it's you so could maybe say Philly, but I would one. love to see Saquon in Miami next year. Oh yeah, okay. I would that's love a, to see yeah, that. That's a great call. I, I just. I, I think if Saquon was in Miami, I'd still pick C Mac first. Wow, crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, he scored in 17 straight games before he didn't. So it's not that. I know. Crazy. He's unreal. Okay. Um, let's, yeah. let's focus on David's team here, though. Okay. Yeah. So I think every single one of David's picks, including, you know, his, his first and second round picks, have overperformed. Um, Josh Allen, quarterback one right now. Derrick Henry. Uh, maybe Derrick Henry could be the only one you could point a finger at who who hasn't played up to his potential. And he was a risk coming into the season, but he's still... But still um, 11 points a game, which is yeah, not that bad if you consider him RB2 or flags. Yeah. DJ Moore, obviously, has been a huge hit, especially as of late. Yeah. Um, Dalton Schultz was a great pickup. Javante Williams is doing really well. And while oh, David... He did have one the deepest pick, Miles Sanders. That was a terrible pick. Yes. Yes, that is a bad pick. Um, but, yeah, I think David doesn't have the deepest team, but even with injuries, he's averaging – his starting lineup averages 126.5 points. Yeah. And he's the points leader. So, I think David's the the clear favorite to lead our, our pack here. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that wraps up the power rankings, and obviously, this pod's been very short and quick. So um, we'll go ahead. We'll go when ahead and wrap it up a, here. When John's a guest, you have to anticipate like hour and a half minimum. <laughs> that it is happens true. Every time. And I'm not. I'm not the quickest host in the world. I've been told. So uh, hey, listen. Yeah. They're they're the my favorite hour and a half of the week. Every time I'm on, I couldn't you agree guys more. Are so I, pleasant to be around. <laughs> right back at you, John Mahalo. Um, I oh. think this was a fantastic pod, and I think the Lube's going to love it. We'll go and wrap it up there. We'll save the Blazers for another day. Uh, thank you to John Fishback, Kyle George, both hunting down a playoff spot and a championship this year for myself out of the race. But luckily, say thanks to Tyler Bagenstoss. Connor is signing off. Peace out, fellas. See ya. Peace. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.